What is good, gamers? Welcome back to the updated podcast. Today's date is March 7th, 2022. I am your host, Craig, as per usual. And it's been a little bit of a dry week. Um, I have been playing Elden Ring all week. It's been the only game I have played all week, actually, come to think of it. And yeah, it's it's been it's been fun. I'm going to say a few things about Elden Ring, and then we have some other news pieces for the week, and then I guess we'll wrap up the show. Shouldn't be too long, so let's get into it. So, I did actually pull up an article, and a few, I looked at a few different things, and I've determined that if you were to uh, just target 100% completion of Elden Ring, you know, beating the game, getting all achievements and whatnot, some people say that it takes uh, roughly 80 hours to do. I mean, it, and that's if you're really going for it and you're really pushing for that. However, I am 80 hours in myself. I think a little over 80 hours, actually. And I am not even... I haven't even beaten the game once, and you have to beat the game like three times in order to get all the achievements or something like that. I think there's like three or four different ending achievements. And so... Yeah, so it is a very, very long game to complete in terms of achievements. I think I am pretty close to the end of the game. I haven't beaten it yet, but I'm also going out and doing a bunch of side quests and exploring and all that stuff. But man, it has been really, really fun. I haven't had a moment where I have been bored, uninterested, confused, like... I even I haven't even really gotten frustrated at the game, other than, save for like a few bosses. I'm stuck on a boss right now, for example. But I mean, even then, it's like it's just it's so much more Dark Souls, and it's so much better. Even like I, I sorceries and uh, the incantations and stuff like that; those are all vastly improved from Dark Souls. The combat feels very similar to Dark Souls 3, which I feel like was very, was just about perfected. And I feel like they've improved it in a few ways, and it's it's definitely better. A lot of the performance issues are also gone. I've noticed very, I mean, vastly less frame drops and stuff like that. I did have a few things where my controller would disconnect again, but I think that was on the fault of my computer after doing more research into it. I know there were a bunch of issues at first, but now I think I I have alleviated the issue on my computer and also the updates that have, have come out to fix the performance issues. So I think I'm pretty much all good. I haven't, ever since I stopped um, streaming on Discord to my friends, which I think was what, was what was causing my specific issues with my controller dropping these last few days and a few different frame issues, I think I have... I haven't noticed anything other than like maybe a few frames drop, but I mean, it's not that big of a deal when it does. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a really good game. If you like dark souls at all, if you've tried dark souls and you like it, I would recommend you get it. It is. There's so much. I literally played for 16 hours straight yesterday, <laughs> a ridiculous amount of time. So yeah, really good game. 
I've been really enjoying it. There's so much to it. All the bosses, there are multiple bosses that are like, they just step up the bar. Almost like um, how Slave Knight Gale in Dark Souls 3, the, the last DLC of Dark Souls 3, almost how his boss fight kind of changed the way that I looked at that, that game. There are multiple bosses that are like that in this game. And it's great. It's honestly, it's, yeah, every single time I find a new, like, larger boss, I'm like, what in the world is this? And it's so much fun to try and beat and just get a, get a few summons in and just go ham on them. I even have a, uh, like a magic build with a, like a cannon kind of with just magic and I can do it. Like I have a specific build with charms and the extra flask that you get. I think it's called the physique flask. I don't know how you pronounce it. Physic, physique, whatever. Um, but it, it stops all FP consumption. So I could just straight up cannon. Like it's a, it's just like a magic cannon just straight into like any enemy and it's just forever and it's great. Does so much damage in certain situations. But um, yeah, there's just so much to do in the game. So many different ways that you can play. And just like me and my friend, not the Zachary that you guys know, but uh, I have another friend named Zachary who's also friends with the first Zachary that you guys know. And me and him were running through a castle in the the... At one of the later game areas i won't spoil anything or anything like that and we got invaded and we literally just disguised ourselves as objects which you can do because of their i forget what it's called i think it's called like a mimic shroud or something like that you use a little bit of fp to disguise as an object in the world in the area like a box or like a statue or something and me and him literally just uh hid <laughs> from invaders in this area that we were in and it was so much fun because the guy we had a guy walk past us like three times and then after he saw me he came over was very confused and couldn't even find me again and then we just killed him it was so it was hilarious um but yeah there's just so many different things to the game and if you like dark souls you will like this game of course, you can always play the game solo. There are a few bosses that seem more difficult in terms of solo, but you also have the Ash summons, so that is also an option. Overall, I would recommend you get the game if you like Dark Souls games. If you feel like you'd get frustrated by failure in like multiple times, because there are moments in the game where you will run into a boss that you are simply not used to yet, or in general not ready for yet in terms of levels or weapon upgrades and stuff like that and if if you feel like that would kind of frustrate you to no end then i would maybe recommend you just kind of steer away from it because that's just kind of how dark souls games in general are and it's kind of exacerbated in this game i feel because there's so much to do like even the main game bosses you could just not worry about that and just go fight 10 other bosses on the other side of the world in an easier area to level up but you kind of have to know when when to give up on certain bosses in certain areas so if you feel like that would frustrate you then maybe wait on it or just in general steer clear from it but if you like dark souls you like a challenge and overall you kind of just think it's something you would enjoy from what you've seen or what you've heard then i would say go for it it's a great game overall that's it for elden ring i promise no more elden ring 
Next up is more Steam Deck news. We The Steam Deck is officially out, and it's been, I think the first round should have been shipped today, actually. And so, yeah, we still have a lot of early reviews, early, a lot of tech YouTubers got Steam Decks early, of course, and a lot of, like, I'm, I'm looking at a Verge article right now for what I'm about to talk about next is, um, first of all, that the iFixit replacement parts, iFixit is a company that sells re- not, they normally don't sell replacement parts, if I'm not mistaken. They normally sell tools to repair cell phones and mobile devices. However, Steam paired up with them. I think I mentioned it last week. Steam paired up with iFixit to sell replacement. Oh, sorry about that. To sell replacement parts for the Steam Deck. And that is still happening. And they start to go on sale. They, they become available at the beginning of this summer. While Steam does say that they do not recommend that you open it up. However, you're more than welcome to because it is yours. And they also mentioned that it was very tightly designed to basically just give you the best experience. And it's not necessarily user friendly. But I mean, it's it's great that they are offering replacement parts for the people that know what they're doing for maybe uh, tech repair stores. Sorry, I lost my wording for a moment there. But like tech res- tech repair stores can now have just order some iFixit parts and repair people's Steam decks, mm-hmm. which is great. That's a, that's such a good move on Steam's part. I know I praised them for things like this last week, along with their um, just overall openness with the Steam Deck and what's going on with it and whatnot. There were reports of people getting thumbstick drift on the Steam Deck. However, that seemed to have been a software issue because Steam said that, and they also released a patch shortly thereafter which people have said did fix their stick drift. So I'm unsure if there's still stick drift issues. The article that I have pulled up doesn't allude to that. They just say that three people who had been experiencing drifts told them that the updates seem to have fixed it. So that's good. Overall, really, it's really looking to be good for the Steam Deck, especially after this next article which talks about um, FSR on the Steam Deck. If you don't know if, what FXR, FSR is, it's basically AMD's version of DLSS, Deep Learning Super Sampling, and FSR stands for Fidelity Super Resolution, if I'm not mistaken. And basically what it does is it renders the game in a lower resolution and then upscales it using AI to whatever resolution you set it at. So if you, for example, with the Steam Deck, if you have the Steam Deck plugged into a 1440p monitor TV or whatever, you can use FSR to render that initially in like 720p and then it'll upscale it to 1440p. So it'll look better and very close to 1440p, but it'll use a lot less resources to look like that, which overall can be really good for performance especially in certain games where they actually support it and work on making it better which i mean a lot of games do nowadays and it's really good for the steam deck i'd say 
if you're on something like a 4K TV or like I said earlier, 1440p monitor, you can get a lot more frames per second out of the Steam Deck. Because, I mean, even in this article, let's see, the without FSR on Cyberpunk 2077, they get 35 frames. With FSR, they get 44. That is a 20%, over 20% boost. That's like 25%. That's great. It goes from like console quality to like a little bit better than that. The closer to 60 frames, of course, the better. But we also have no clue because they don't say what quality settings that they're using. So you can also lower other quality settings in-game because it's not necessarily a traditional console. It's still kind of like a PC where you can change the quality settings, you know, the shadows and the texture quality, which you normally can't do on a console because they, the developers go in and they personally optimize it and all that for the console itself. But um, yeah, so it's really good to see Steam Deck with the F- with FSR as an option. Of course, it's not required. If you want the better quality out of it, you, you're more than welcome to. But it's really good to see higher quality stuff being able to be used because of FSR, which, yeah. Next up, we have... Um, I know I mentioned that the they announced the next Pokemon games, Scarlet and Violet. And from what we've seen, it seems like they're going back to the traditional system of catching, at least. There, It, it does seem like the battles are almost like Pokemon Legends Arceus, which out in the open world, seamless, really good. But catching the wild Pokemon seems to be back in the traditional sense where you have to battle them. I am okay with this. I I probably honestly will not get Scarlet or Violet just because I I don't know traditional Pokemon games. It just uh, Sword and Shield. I couldn't get into Sword and Shield. So unless they do something really different with these games, I highly doubt that they're going to interest me that much. But I will say that I really hope they keep the quality of life changes that were in Pokemon Legends Arceus. Because there were multiple things, like the battles weren't... Your gameplay was not stopped by learning what Pokemon leveled up. It just popped up on the screen and you just continued what you're doing. Great. You waste so much time in traditional Pokemon games, just in black screens, going into battles and whatnot. In a game like Pokemon Legends Arceus, it seamlessly transitions into a battle, out of a battle. You level up while you're doing stuff and whatnot. You can even change your moves on the fly. You literally just go into the pause menu and you can change your Pokemon's moves. How great is that? I really hope they keep things like this in Scarlet and Violet. But I I, I can see why they removed the catching in the wild aspect of it. it it's, it's a, to a lot of people, it seemed cheap. To me, I don't think so, because catching Pokemon in the wild was still difficult. Not really. It was still challenging in multiple ways. You had to use stealth. You had to make sure you were using the correct type of Pokeball. And then if it didn't work, then it didn't work. And you're either forced to battle them or run away if you're too if you don't think you can take them. So like on one hand, if you're catching them in the wild, like with stealth and whatnot, sure, you can catch a Pokemon that you shouldn't necessarily be ready for yet. However, at the same time, it's still challenging and you've still kind of earned that Pokemon, so to speak. I don't want to talk about 
I, I, I don't want to talk about Pokemon like the things. Well, they are because they're video game characters, but yeah, like, I don't know. It's kind of, I almost wish that they would just do a setting where you could just catch wild Pokemon if you wanted to, or you can just not, you could just do have to do a battle system if you wanted it that way. But at the same time, they're not going to do something like that. They're going to choose a stance and it seems like they already have. So that's fine. I I just wanted to put that out there and say what it seems like is going on. And uh, yeah, so if you're interested in Pokemon, if you like the way Legends Arceus works, keep an eye out because it's probably not going to be like that in terms of catching wild Pokemon. Hopefully, eh, hopefully they make the right choice. That's all I got. Next up, which is not very gaming related, but um. Netflix has finally, I've talked about Netflix before when they up their prices, but now they have finally started to actually push into the interactive show phase. They talked about this a few years ago where they were going to start doing more interactive things and whatnot, and they're finally doing it years later. They're doing an interactive daily quiz show on April 1st is when it starts coming out, and then it's going to be... um, it's going to be like a story, if you know what the app, the app mobile game Trivia Crack is, it's going to be based around that, and it's going to have its own little weird Trivia Crack story. But um, So this could be interesting things, because we have heard of Netflix possibly getting into the gaming scene, but we, have, we don't know what that means really right now. We don't know if that means that this is the start of that. Or if this is something completely different. Because, uh, yeah, interactive shows can be pretty cool. Especially if you're sitting down with like your significant other or something. And you just kind of talk choices out. If that's something that you like. Then, I mean, it could be pretty cool. Just to see multiple endings of like a weird like murder mystery show maybe. Honestly, that's something that I would like to see. But uh, yeah, that's all I got for that. This is probably the start, as long as it is received well, or at least decently, then I definitely see this as the start of their push for interactivity in Netflix. So also, it's called Trivia Quest, so keep an eye out for that on April 1st if that's something that you want to do. It's literally just trivia questions, and you go through a whole story. So yeah. Next, we have... um, xCloud, if you don't know what xCloud is, it is Microsoft's gaming service in, you know, the cloud where you can kind of just, you can either do this on PC, you can do it on tablets and phones, but you can connect a controller to whatever device and you can just play Xbox games on uh, an Xbox that is on the cloud. So if you have a decent internet connection, it's almost just like playing the game on whatever device you're playing it on. They may, well, not may, they are actively working on keyboard and mouse support. It's actually coming from the Microsoft Flight Simulator devs. They have actually talked about it, but they just can't give a date because it's not their team that's specifically working on it. But I really hope keyboard and mouse support comes to like as many games as possible, not just Flight Simulator. I really hope it's like, if it has keyboard and mouse controls in general, like if it's not a console exclusive, 
then it should be able to use keyboard and mouse. I hope it's that way. I guess we'll find out because it is running on technically, technically when you're using the service, you are playing on an Xbox just on the cloud. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that's going to work. Hopefully they figure it out and yeah. So um, the Microsoft Flight Simulator dev said that he doesn't know an exact date. It is coming and he is hoping by June. But again, he has no clue because he just he can't know. It's, it's, it has nothing to do with him in the end. Next up, we have <laughs> this is ridiculous. Not ridiculous like the art of the stuff the article is about but ridiculous in the fact that why does this happen? I talk about Activision Blizzard a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And we all know good old daddy Bobby, Bobby Kotick, you know, but um, apparently this is something that I have never heard of until literally a few hours ago because the article came out yesterday. Um, and it's that Activision Blizzard is now being sued by the parents of an employee who committed suicide during a company retreat because uh, and, and they're making sexual assault allegations basically they're saying that sexual assault caused the death of their daughter which is insane to think about and terrible like it's it's <sighs> this happened back in 2017 apparently is when you know, she passed away. And this, on top of everything else, this is probably the worst thing that has come out of this. It's terrible. And this is, I think, I think this is their, like, fifth or sixth active lawsuit right now, which is an insane number for a company to be under. They're being sued by multiple other of their board or whatever for the Microsoft acquisition. And then on top of that, I want to say they're, um, they're also under hot water for not diversifying their board of directors, which they were legally required to do. And they're blaming Microsoft for it. So this, this whole thing is absolutely terrible. I really hope, I mean, there's, there's nothing that could be done at this point. What's done is done, but I really hope that family gets closure in that regard. And yeah, that's absolutely terrible. I really, really, really cannot wait for this acquisition to go through so that Bobby can be gone. And I hope that the workplace at that company is better. I, that's the only reason that I want this to go through. Otherwise I don't care. It's no, it's nothing. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that these people are in a better work environment and shit like this does not happen because that is terrible. The worst thing that's come out of this. Anyways, I'm done with the sad stuff. That is it for the sad stuff. Next, we have, well, next, we have the fact that Halo Infinite is going to remain half of a game for another few months. 
great, phenomenal. I really wish they delayed this game more. I'm not going to lie. I have played it like five hours and I haven't really felt the need to play it. I haven't even played the campaign yet because I wanted to play it co-op. And now we have reports that the co-op won't arrive with season two in May. It's going to arrive later on because they've experienced more challenges apparently. Which, I mean, I get it. It's a massive open world and they want to figure out how to um, combat that. But if you're doing like if you're doing split screen, just tether. If you're doing online co-op, then you can have a larger tether. I wouldn't suggest tethering, but it's, it's, I mean, it is what it is. They're going to figure it out. And in the end, we're probably going to be tethered like a few hundred meters away from whoever's hosting. I, I just really want to go through that campaign and co-op. Honestly, it's, it's, I haven't even seen anything about the campaign because I just want to go through it and co-op. Halo campaigns are always great in my experience. And they're always fun to play with friends. And it, that, that's all I wanted to do. But um, yeah, no, we still got to wait an extra few months past May, apparently. And then on top of that, Forge is still coming out in season three. Why? Why is this taking so long? It's going to be almost a year after the game come out, games, comes out by time base game features features that came out day one for four previous halo games to come out for what why why is it taking so long i understand development takes time it takes money but why release you know like half of a game forge is one of the main reasons that i wanted halo infinite to come out because that's really all i like i don't like competitive multiplayer anymore i don't like competitive first person shooters i don't really like team deathmatch shit i just want like a fun game mode where i can run around in a warthog with a hammer and it's just like hammer tdm with warthogs and that would be so much fun because the the hammer can like boost the fucking vehicles if the one person's on the back of it and it's just, <laughs> i don't know why that's the first thing that came to my head but that sounds like a fun as hell game mode and i want it that's like forge is one of the main the best parts of halo multiplayer <laughs> and it's taking almost a year absolutely ridiculous and they're probably also not going to have split screen on pc as usual, because split screen never comes out on PC. Granted, it's a really niche thing, but it would be nice considering it's coming out on console. Yeah, just a few ridiculous things about Halo Infinite. I, I once again, I played like five hours of the game. The game's cool and all. It runs fine. I don't think I had it crash on me at all. I just, it's just not really for me. I just really wish that these base features came out with the game instead of waiting almost a year not necessarily waiting but taking almost a year that's all i got for halo infinite um next up last week i mentioned that shadow warrior 3 was uh coming out and well it's been out for six days now and it's been met with really mixed reviews um i wanted to mention this specifically because i mentioned how it was probably going to be a decent game. However, according to the reviews, I have not played the game myself, so I cannot necessarily speak to it. 
However, I will speak to the reviews. And those are that it is basically just a bunch of arena fighting. You basically go from arena to arena. It is nothing like Shadow Warrior 2, where it was semi-open world. And there was really in-depth combat system with skills and upgrades. Apparently, almost none of that is in this game. And the story takes like six hours to complete. So what's the point of playing the game? Really? Uh, some reviews said they beat it in even less than six hours. One review said they beat it in four and a half. So you're paying $50 for a five-hour story, basically. And it's not like you're really going to replay it unless you want to do it on a higher, harder difficulty. Because it's not like there's multiple endings, because there's not. It's just five hours of content. You're basically paying 10 bucks an hour for it. So while it could be fun, kind of like Doom with less upgrades apparently and stuff like that i would definitely wait for a sale unless of course you have ps plus because it's on not ps plus ps now i think it was i at those two services always confuse me but it's on one of those at day one if you have that sure go for it try it it's a fun little story with quirky gameplay for five hours otherwise i would probably wait for a sale and then that's all. That's all I got for this week. It has still been a pretty decently long episode. I, um, as for news about the podcast, I, well, don't have any. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Updated Podcast. I haven't really been active on Twitter lately. Then again, it, there's not much really going on on Twitter. It's not really my type of platform. However, any kind of updates, if something happens with an episode or something like that, I will post it there. Um, next week's episode may come out a little bit later than anticipated, depending on when I get back home. I will be out of town for some of the weekend, so we'll see how that goes. It should come out on time, but just in case, don't freak out. It's coming. If anything, Tuesday will be the latest. Um... Keep in mind, if you listen, if you'd like to listen to things on YouTube instead, we do have a YouTube channel, updated podcast. We I upload every week's episode basically on there. And uh, there's no important visuals on the YouTube channel, by the way. It is just a waveform video just to just for you to like listen to in your free time. If you have YouTube premium, you could just lock your phone. No visuals to it. I kind of want to get visuals to it at some point. We'll see how that goes if I ever get any more free time. Um, I will have a poll if you're listening on Spotify for suggestions and if you want us to cover a specific game and keep you guys updated on that. Let us know down in that poll. And uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see you guys next week, where I will be two billion hours into Elden Ring and going insane. Bye-bye.